I was looking at my notes. It's been a month since we've been in our study of James. And prior to that, it was kind of choppy because of the holidays. And so I suspect if I were to ask you what the last sermon was that I preached from this book, I think most of you would say, I really don't remember. Uh, maybe that's not true of all of you, but I think most of you would not remember that. So I just want to remind us of a couple of things this morning by way of context that will help us as we make our way through this message. I want to remind us that everything about this letter seems to indicate that James was writing not just to Jews, but to Jews who had placed their faith in Jesus Christ. There is really not much reason to assume that this is written to lost individuals because James would not have had much of an audience if he was just trying to circulate this to lost people. And as he was writing this, of course, there would have been some uh, who read this letter that they were trying to do what was right. They were trying to live in obedience to the Word of God. But no doubt there were some, you can tell by the nature of the letter, uh, some who had gotten sidetracked and a little off base in their walk with the Lord. And they needed some help. They needed some encouragement. They needed some rebuke, maybe, to an extent. And this morning, as we think about that, I, I want us to be mindful of this, that it does not matter who we are, every one of us can get off track. It doesn't matter how long we've been saved. It doesn't matter how much Bible knowledge we have accrued over the years. Uh, we are all able to get off track. We are all able to get off base in our thinking and in our actions. And when that happens, much like what we've been talking about on Wednesday nights, when that happens, we need to be confronted, we need to be challenged, and we need to be rebuked sometimes. And so this morning, as we make our way back into this study of James, Again, I, I want us to, to give attention to this, that, that the, the subject seems to be, uh, or the, the, the direction of it seems to be, aimed at saved people who have gotten off track a little bit, to some extent, in their walk with the Lord, and this could be true of us if we're not careful. So all that said, I want us to think today about a very simple truth. I know I've mentioned this in the past, but over the course of our lives, we are going to have relationships with thousands of people to one degree or another. We have relationships, no doubt, with people in our family. We have relationships with people that we work with. We have relationships with people that we would identify as our neighbors. We have people that we have relationships with that, that we call church family. There are literally hundreds and thousands of people that we are going to have relationships with to one extent or another over the course of our lives. Now, I want to begin by making this statement so that should any of you desire to be argumentative in a couple of moments, I can say, well, I gave a disclaimer first, okay? I want this disclaimer to be clear that sometimes people enter into our lives that no matter how hard you try to get to know them, they are going to keep you at arm's length. Have you ever noticed that? That there are people that have come into your lives, you have tried to speak to them, you have tried to, to get to know them a little bit, you, you've tried to be a friend of them, and with every effort you have made, they have made sure to keep you at an arm's distance. They don't want you getting past the surface of, hello, how are you, I'm fine, the weather's great, now leave me alone. That's the way some people are, correct? All right. 
So with that disclaimer in mind, knowing that such situations do exist, I want us to think about this truth that for most of the relationships that we have, we will get from that relationship according to what we are willing to invest in that relationship. You understand this? Do, you, do, do we understand this? It, 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 apparently, I mean, not even nodding of heads this morning. So, I and you, we will get out of relationships what we are willing to invest in them. In my relationship with Susie, I can only expect to get so much from her as it is that I am willing to invest in her. If I'm not willing to invest in my relationship with her, I cannot expect to get back much from her. I will only get from that what I am willing to contribute to it. In my relationship with my kids, I will only be able to expect to get from that relationship based on what I have been willing to give to that relationship. You and I cannot expect to get more from any relationship than what we are willing to give to that relationship. And this morning as we think about that, I want us to think about this. If some offense has been made present, if, if some offense has, has taken place in a relationship then it really does require a little bit more effort to make that relationship what it once was and what it ought to be. If an offense has been taken, if somebody has been offended by the actions of someone else, it is going to require more effort and more energy to get that relationship back to where it needs to be, where it ought to be, and something else that is true of all relationships, generally speaking, and that is this. It is a never-ending work in progress. If you and I are not constantly investing in the relationship, whichever one you'd like to consider, if you and I are not constantly investing in that relationship, I can promise you that relationship is dwindling and that relationship is fading. Somebody may say, well, I've got this friend and we don't hardly ever speak, but I'm telling you, it's a great, great relationship. It might be a good relationship. It might be a good friendship. I'll not question every one of those scenarios, but I would say this, again, generally speaking, if you and I are not investing in a relationship, that relationship is not getting any stronger. It is only growing weaker with every day that the relationship does not have interaction and being worked on and built upon. 
Is that fair to say? So that in mind, think about this with me if you would. The people that James is writing to are believers. And so because of the fact that they have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, what do they now have? They now have a relationship with God. Okay, they, they have a relationship with God because of their faith in Jesus Christ. This morning, I, I, would, I would say to you, and I would suspect that you would agree with this, I would say to you today that if we are saved, then here is what we've got. We have got a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So if there's ever been that day that you have called upon Christ to save you, as a result of God's grace working in your life like he did in my life, as a result of our salvation, we were given this relationship with God. So that being the case, I want us to stick with this principle for just a moment. I want us to stick with this truth that we understand in every other area of life by way of relationships. Let's hear this, okay? This is so important. Whenever it comes to a person's relationship with God, they cannot expect to get from it more than what they are willing to invest in it. You've got God, and you've got the individual. You've got God, you've got the man, you've got the woman, you've got the young adults, you've got the child. Whomever it is who is saved, there is a relationship because of that salvation. But a person cannot expect more from God in the relationship than what they are willing to invest in the relationship. It really is that simple. And truth be told, that is a never-ending work in progress. For the relationship to be between the person and God that it's supposed to be. That is a never-ending work in progress and so that being the case, this is also true, that if a person is not developing that relationship on a regular basis, that relationship is fading and that relationship is dwindling, not by way of connection, but by way of closeness in the relationship. If a person is not constantly working on their relationship with the Lord, the relationship is dwindling and it is weakening and it is not at all what it's supposed to be. And when there has been an offense take place in the relationship with God, it will require even that much more on the part of the individual to get back where they need to be in this relationship with the Lord. If you don't understand all that, if you're not sure you buy into all that, 
Let's look at the scripture for just a moment. In verse number 8, we begin reading what will be some bullet points by James to his readers. We're only going to look at a small portion of it this morning. But as we do, I want us to imagine for just a moment that what James has before us is a canvas. And on this canvas, here is what he has done. He has drawn an image of us on one side of the canvas, and he has drawn a a picture of God on the other side of the canvas. And with that disparity between the two images, the image of the person and the image of God, there is obviously a distance between them. And so as you think about that picture in your mind, notice what James said. He said, draw nigh to God. Draw nigh to God. So whenever James says to draw nigh to God, what does it mean whenever he says draw? It just means this, to move in a particular direction. So what is James doing? He is encouraging men and women and young people and children who have this relationship with God. He is encouraging them to move in the direction of God. He is saying this, start directing your steps toward God. Start moving that way. Start moving that direction. He said, you want to draw nigh or you want to draw near unto him. So encouraging them, and he would also be encouraging us, if given the chance to speak to us personally, he would say to you, he would say to me, in this relationship with God, here is what you need to be doing. You need to be drawing near to him. You need to be moving in his direction. You need to be getting as close to him as you possibly can. So I want to ask you something this morning as it relates to relationships, as it relates to you and I getting close to people, as it relates to to you and I investing in people, what is always a requirement to a relationship growing? Just think about that question for a moment. What is always a requirement for a relationship to grow in the way that it ought. I know there are many elements to that question, but certainly this would be one of the most obvious elements, and that is this. There is always a need for communication. Try having a relationship with someone where there's no communication and see how good of a relationship you've got with them. You're not going to have one, right? If you have ever tried to get near that person and they will not speak to you, they will not talk to you, they will always keep you at arm's distance. Ask yourself, how good of a relationship do you have with them? You don't have a relationship with them at all. There are people over the years that I have tried to get close to. There are people over the years that I've tried to interact with, that I've tried to make conversation with, and all you get from them is a grunt of sorts. Well, friends, without some communication, you cannot get close to them. It doesn't matter how many times you approach them. It doesn't matter how many times you try to get near to them. If there is no communication, you'll never be close to them. 
So in our relationship with God, if we're supposed to draw near to Him, as James said to the believers some 2,000 years ago, if I'm supposed to draw near to God and you're supposed to draw near to God, then, then here is what we have got to be. We have got to be in communication with Him. So let's think on this for just a couple of moments this morning. What are the ways in which a believer communicates with God. If I'm supposed to draw near to Him and it requires communication, if you're supposed to draw near to Him and it requires communication, then, then what are some of the ways in which we communicate? I want to begin this morning by talking about the obvious. I want us to think about the, the most basic element of Christianity that, that we could really talk about, and that would be through the avenue of prayer. Would you agree with this, that, that the avenue of prayer is one of the means in which we are able to communicate with God? Amen. It is through the avenue of prayer that I can go to God and I can thank Him for His blessings. It is through the avenue of prayer that I can go to God with my concerns. It is through the avenue of prayer that I can go to God with my burdens. It is through the avenue of prayer that I am able to say to God anything that I feel led to say to Him Prayer is an amazing thing where we have direct access to the throne of God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. If I want to have a relationship with God that is near, I must be an individual of prayer. If you want to be a person who has a close relationship with the Lord, that you have drawn nigh unto Him, then friends, you have to be a person of prayer. Now I think, just on observation and hearing people speak over the years, here is what a lot of people would say. They would say things like this, Brother Kyle I pray every day. You hear people say that quite a bit. Brother Kyle, I pray every day. Brother Kyle, I pray all the time. Brother Kyle, I'm, I'm always praying. Brother Kyle, there, there's not a day that goes by that I don't spend some time in prayer. Now, I think we'd all like for that to be true. But I think a lot of times... I don't know the percentages, but I think a lot of times this would be the case. That people are really not the people of prayer they claim to be. They really don't have this time where they, they set it aside to just communicate with God and and share with them what is on their heart and what their burdens are. Their, their prayer life would consist of something like this. Trying to pray about something real quick as, as they're on their way to work. Or praying about something as they drift off to sleep. The things that we've mentioned in the past. It's not that they don't pray, but it would be a very shallow, simple approach to prayer at best. Can I just remind us that if in any relationship we keep it shallow, no matter how much we may visit, it will always be shallow? 
If it's just the same old routine, if it's just the same old conversation, it doesn't matter how many times we may go through that routine. If it's shallow, it will always be shallow. Years ago, whenever I was in high school, I didn't even realize I was doing this, but there was a foreign exchange student that was there in, in our small school, and, and I thought his English was worse than it really was. So every day I would go to him and very loudly I would say, How are you today? At the end of the year he made fun of me for doing that every day. Now, what's my point? My point is, every day I went to him and I was friendly and I said, how are you? And every day he would say, fine. But it never went past that. Now, my point is just this. If we communicate with God in prayer, but it's always superficial, if it's always just surface stuff, if it's always just things related to our immediate needs and our immediate wants, friends, that is a very shallow sense of communication with God. If we want to draw nigh unto God... If we want to get close to the Lord, we must be men and women who communicate to God in prayer that is deep, that is meaningful, that has some richness to it, that has some substance to it. If we don't have that kind of a prayer life, we don't have much of a relationship with the Lord. We following this? But in order for a relationship to really be established through communication, what does there also have to be? There has to be two way interaction between the conversation. Now, again, I know this is basic. I know this is elementary. I know that this is, that this is Christianity 101. But see, it's kind of like this. If you're in a relationship with someone and only one of the persons is doing all the talking, that's not a relationship. That's torture. If you're talking to someone and they do all the talking and you can't ever get a word in edgewise, you don't have a relationship. You're just their ear that they constantly bend, and, and, and you don't have anything really with them. There has to be a, a two-way means of communication in order for the relationship to be there. So, so think about the obvious. Again, Christianity 101, that if I'm supposed to draw nigh unto God, and I've got to have communication with Him, so that means I must speak to Him, then what does that also entail? It entails this, that I must let him speak to me. I have to be willing to be quiet and let him speak to me. Now, just keeping this as simple as I know, I want us to think about this. How does God today speak to us? Well, I want us to understand this, that he does not speak to us in our own new visions and our own new revelations. 
He, he just he doesn't do that. Now, I want us to know that because we are living in a weird, weird religious culture today. You're, you're talking to people, well, the Lord just speaks to me when I'm doing this, and the Lord just reveals these things to me whenever I'm doing this. And, and you say, that does not line up with the Scripture at all. So therefore, God did not speak to you those things. I want us to understand something, that if we're going to let God speak to us, He has already spoken everything we need, and it is found in His Word. So if we want to draw nigh unto Him... Not only do we need to speak to Him through the avenue of prayer, we must let Him speak to us through the avenue of His Word. He's already given us everything He wants us to know. So what do I need to do? I need to make sure that I set aside time to let Him talk to me. I'm just going to share something with you as we, as we begin this week and as we look ahead to the weeks and months to come. I want us to think about this, that if you are not in the Word... If you're not in the Word, you're not letting Him speak to you, which means the relationship is not at all what it's supposed to be. I don't care if you're young, I don't care if you're old, I don't care if you're somewhere in between. If, if you are not in the Word on a regular basis letting God speak to you, but I pray all the time, the person says, this is not a relationship. This is you doing all the talking, but never letting Him do the talking back. We've got to be men and women who are in the Word if we want to draw nigh unto Him. As you think about that, I, I want us to think about this. Have you ever been involved in a conversation where the person was talking and they finally let you talk and so you were talking for a little bit, but it was obvious that as you were speaking, their mind was a thousand miles away? Let me ask you, how deep is that relationship? There's no depth to it at all. If you're talking to them, but they're not engaged, if you're talking to them, but they're not involved, if you're talking to them, but they don't have any clues to what you're saying, that, that's not a relationship. That person's not giving you any attention. You're basically just talking to yourself. Now, now why am I mentioning that? I'm mentioning that for this reason. If we're going to be in the Word, you know what we must do as best we can with the help of God? We have got to discipline our minds to listen to what He is saying when we read the Word of God. It is so easy for us to sit down, and I've been guilty of this more times than I care to admit. It is so easy, though, to sit down, kind of look at the clock, make sure we've read the amount of time we feel like we're supposed to, but our mind wasn't engaged at all. And so it's kind of like God speaking to us, but we're, we're nowhere near the conversation. 
Friends, that is not a closeness in the relationship with the Lord. Let's listen to this. There must be an engagement of the mind when we are with the Word of God because it is through the Word of God that He desires to speak to us. So to just be able to say, well, I read my Bible today for 15 minutes, so God spoke to me. He may have spoke, but we may not have been listening to a word He said. So we can't just check off the box that says, well, I read today, so therefore I'm good. No, we've got to be engaged in what it is we're doing. But if we're not even engaging in opening the book and letting him speak to us, we cannot pretend that our relationship is, is a close one with him. How else does the Lord want to speak to us? This may sound a little self-serving, but I'm going to share it anyways. He wants to speak to us through the preaching of the Word of God. Friends, when we assemble and the Word of God is opened up and the Word of God is taught and the Word of God is declared, you know what God is trying to do to us? He is trying to speak to us. He's trying to remind us of what we need. He's trying to remind us of what could be an encouragement to us. He's trying to show us what could be a help to us when the preaching of the Word of God is taking place. We need to be engaged in the process. And the number of times, if, if we're honest, the number of times that our mind can get so distracted by so many other things, we can be chasing butterflies in our mind while the preaching is taking place. And then when the sermon gets done, we, well, we were at church our bodies were here, but our minds weren't here. Friends, if we're dozing off, if we're sleeping in the house of God while the preaching is taking place, it's good that your body was here, but God wasn't able to speak to you. He doesn't speak to us when we're asleep while the preaching of the Word of God takes place. He speaks to us as we meditate on His Word. Not as we meditate in this open-minded, transient state and on anything. No, He speaks to us when we meditate on His Word. So the Word may not be in front of us, but, but if we're thinking about what we read the day before, or maybe what we heard the day before in the church service, if we're thinking about that and we're meditating on it, the Lord is, is capable of showing us things and revealing things to us that we need. But if we're not willing to meditate on it, if we're not willing to chew on it, if we're not willing to give that some consideration in our lives, it'll be in one ear and out the other and it will have been a waste of time. James said, draw nigh to God. You began moving in His direction. God is over here. You are right here. You began moving in that direction. You get close to God. How do you get close to God? There has got to be communication. You've got to speak to Him, but you have also got to let Him speak to you. It's that simple. When an offense has taken place, as I said a little bit ago, as I said a few moments ago, it requires a little bit more effort on our part. 
So, Brother Kyle, I don't know exactly what you mean by that. I'm not sure that I agree with you on that. Well, let's think about this. If an offense has taken place between us and God, this we can be sure it was never his fault. The offense that took place between us and him was never the fault of God. So if the confrontation has to take place, in order for the relationship to get back to where it's supposed to be, then what do we have to do? We have to then be willing to humble ourselves. Let's just have a seat, okay? Come on in, buddy. Have a seat, all right? In order for the relationship to be made right with God, I'm going to have to put a little bit more effort into this and be willing to humble myself. To be willing to say, Lord, I'm the one who's failed. God, I'm the one who's sinned. God, I'm the one who's not been right. God, it's my attitude that's been wrong. God, it's my actions that have been wrong. And, and we're going to have to be willing to go through that. And, and you and I both know that humbling ourselves and making things right when an offense has been taken, those are not easy steps to take. They're just not. It is oftentimes a person's pride that will keep them from being made right with the one they have wronged, and it is oftentimes our own pride that keeps us from being made right with God when our lives have been an offense to him. Amen. So here is James writing to believers, some no doubt who were striving to walk with the Lord in obedience and others who were not real worried about it, some who had gotten sidetracked. But he said to them, regardless, draw nigh to God. And then he said this, and we know what he said. He said, and he will draw nigh to you. James said, if you'll start walking toward God, you know what God will do? He'll start walking toward you. Amen. God desires a closeness in his relationship with every saved person, but he is not going to force the issue. If you want to be distant from God, you can be distant from God. If you want to run in rebellion, you can run in rebellion. If you don't want to talk to Him, He won't make you talk to Him. And if you don't want Him to talk to you, He will not force you to listen to what He has to say. If you don't want to read the Word, if you don't want to pay attention in the house of God, if you don't want to meditate on the truth of His Word, He will not force Himself on you. If you don't want to get made right with God and humble yourself and admit your sin and say, Lord, I'm tired of the games and, and I'm tired of all the frustration that it's created. Listen, if you don't want to be made right with God, he will not force it. But the moment you and I say, Lord, we're ready to get serious about this relationship. Let's listen to this. The moment we say we're ready to get serious, you know what God says? Me too. And if we will draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to us. 
We will not put more in the relationship than he is willing to give back. But he will not give more by way of the relationship itself than we are willing to invest. This morning, I need to ask myself, not just today, but in the days to come on a regular basis, and you need to ask yourself this morning, not just today, but in the days to come, we need to ask ourselves, how much am I investing in my relationship with God? Let's listen. How much am I investing in this relationship with God? Well, I say I want to be close. I say I want to have this, this personal, intimate relationship with Him. Really? What does our prayer life look like? Brother Kyle, you, you, you identified me a while ago. I pray every day. Listen, if it's the same old script that you run through every day, that's not prayer, that's ritual. There, there, there's got to be some meat to it. There's got to be some substance to it. Are we praying like we should? And are we listening when he speaks to us. We've got his word. We have a church family. We have a mind that we can meditate on the truth of his word if we choose to, rather than so many other things. Are we investing in the relationship in the way that we ought? Because if we will draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh unto us. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this morning. I pray that you'd help us to realize that our relationship will only be strong when we're putting forth the effort. God, I pray that you'd help us to realize that it's a never-ending process, that we must always be working in our relationship with you. I pray you'd help us to realize this morning, Lord, that whenever we stop, the relationship immediately begins to fade because it must be that work in progress. God, only you know the hearts and the lives of the individuals in the way that really need to be known. I pray that you would reveal to us today if we are putting in the effort into this relationship that we ought. I pray that you'd bless. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.